0: Welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. And for this episode, I'm going to talk about um, Asteroid City. Asteroid City is uh, is, an, is a 2023 American comedy drama film that is written, directed, and produced by none other than Wes Anderson. From a story he wrote with Roman Coppola. It features an ensemble cast that includes Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Liv Schreiber, among many others as well. Now, with this film, Asteroid City is Wes Anderson's latest movie since, uh, since 2021's The French Dispatch. Now with this now with this movie Asteroid City, I thought I will I thought I talk about it because it is a pretty because Asteroid City is an interesting film because and and with me talking about it, I thought I thought this would be a good film to talk to talk about because it because it, it has that little bit of a Wes Anderson it has that Wes Anderson feel to it just like his other films that he has directed before. Now now I haven't seen. Oh, now I haven't watched a lot. Of, I haven't. I haven't watched any of the other Wes Anderson movies besides uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, Isle of Dogs. Those were his two films that I that I've seen. I know he has done other films, which includes which includes uh, Zisso, the, the Grand Budapest Hotel, Moon, Moonrise Kingdom, The French Dispatch, among many others as well. Although in terms of like his films, like I think I believe my favorite Wes Anderson movie is basically basically Fantastic Mr. Fox in my in my personal opinion. I mean, in fact, uh, I did an episode of I did an episode talking about Fantastic Mr. Fox a while back on um, on the WEIU website. So I did uh, so I did an episode so I did an episode of Fantastic Mr. Fox. So that was like. My first Wes Anderson film that I talked about. Now, Asteroid City will be my second Wes Anderson film that I'm going to talk about. So, um, just to give my, um, just to give a big, just to give a brief background of like, uh, Wes Anderson's uh, style is like Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, as I mentioned, he's a very, he's a very, he is a he is a, he is a filmmaker, a very good, pretty good filmmaker as well. Although, he's, he's mostly described as a modern-day example of an, of an auteur. An auteur is basically an artist with a distinct approach, usually a film director, whose filmmaking control is so unbounded and personal that the director is likened to be the author of the film, thus manifesting the director's unique style or thematic focus. So, Wes Anderson, he's basically an auteur. So which is basically he's got that unique style he has a unique meaning like he's basically like the author of his own film, which probably explains why he writes he wrote, directs, and produces his own films well i mean of course he is he also brought others on board as well and um and he go and his his style for his film he's very bar- he 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 goes for very eccentric unique visual and narrative styles. Which which was basically used including his frequent use of ensemble casts. And of course, the themes that he puts into this film is basically the themes of grief, loss of innocence, and dysfunctional families. So there there's some so there's that's there, so there's basically your themes of this film that there so these are your the, these are the themes that Wes Anderson goes for for goes goes for, for goes for in his films, and he has done this before. And Asteroid City is another example right there. In fact, um, going into the um, going into the film, in fact, going into the film, just to give down the, the plot of the film, the film is it is basically a meta-textual plot simultaneously depicts the events of a junior stargazer convention in a retro-futuristic version of 1955, staged as a play and the creation of the play. So, so technically it's a, it's a meta film. So it's basically a play within a film or it's basically a play within a film. It's basically a play within a film type of movie that is set in, in the 1950s, you know, in the 1950s during the time where, um, during the time where, um, extraterrestrials and UFOs were basically, were basically, were basically popular at the time being witnessed in the Southwestern deserts. In close proximity, in proximity to atomic test sites during the post-war period of the American 20th century. So basically, during time where extraterrestrials and UFOs were starting to get uh, noticed at the time. and asteroid and asteroid city, as I mentioned, takes place in the southwestern um, in the southwestern deserts in close proximity. So so basically, yeah. So and so yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, so anyway, I, I mentioned a few cast members too. I mean, he's got, he's got, he, Wes Anderson, he's got a huge, he's got, a, he's got a huge lineup of cast members, very noticeable cast members, and um, Jason Schwartzman is one of them, and and he plays the, he plays the lead role, he he plays the lead role of Augie Steenbeck, who's a war photoist, he, he is a war photojournalist and father to Woodrow and also and of course he also plays uh the actor he also plays the actor in this film, also known as Jones Hall, the actor playing St- Steinbeck. Because um it's basically stage of the play and the creation of a play within a film. So so yep. Yeah, so basically yeah. So anyway the film the film was in development since twenty twenty one. The production of this film started back Sometime in the 2020s, although it was first mentioned in September of 2020, where Wes Anderson would write and direct a romance film that he would produce for Jeremy Dawson. Of course, uh, Michael Michael Sarah and Jeff Goldblum entered negotiations to start, although Jeff Goldblum would actually end up in the film more likely as a cameo of some sorts in this film, although of course during are in the 2020s where the pandemic was a thing. Uh, the production of the film didn't start until 2021, sometime or sometime in 2021. So obviously safety precautions were in place. So so there you, so there's something you got. So there's something right there. So safety precautions were put in place during the production of Asteroid City. On top of that, um, on ta- on top of that, uh, Bill Murray, Bill Murray, who was going to be in Asteroid City it was revealed that he that he won't that he wasn't going to be in the film cuz Bill Murray was actually in Ireland at the time the film the film was in production and he was tested positive for covid-19 and as a result of that he wasn't able to shoot his scenes so he wasn't in the film and i'll get to a little bit more about bill murray as i break down the fi- as i break down the film once the film was done and 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 the first teaser trailer was released on March 28th, 2023. And it featured a rendition of Johnny Duncan's 1957 song. Last Train to San Fernando. Which is also the opening song to this film by the way. And and in that trailer you get to see basically the, the southwestern. Which is basically the Southwest, a southwestern town called Asteroid City. And it does have that bit of a Western feel, of course, and of course, a 1950s feel as well, which actually looks like a, which actually looks like a play. because, because when you see that trailer, when you watch the trailer, you will definitely come to realize that it looks like you're watching an actual play within the film because of the sets. It's not, and it's not even green screen. It's not green screen. That's the actual set. You are you are watching actual sets of Asteroid City as if it was actually built. And and of course, um and of course, um uh Jazz Monroe of Pitchfork called the trailer extremely, extremely Andersonian. And I'm gonna be honest with you, that is the best description. Not only for Asteroid City, but all of his other films as a whole, in my personal opinion, because when you watch some of these and when you watch some of the some of the past Wes Anderson films, like you kind of like want to realize like, huh, what type of style? What is it? I know Wes Anderson's got this style, but if you really come to think of it, it is it feels Andersonian, like. You know, like you know what you're getting into, It's because that means you know what you're getting into. You know what his style is gonna is all about. And and for Asteroid City, um, Jasmine Rowe called called the trailer extremely extremely Andersonian. That is the best description for not only Asteroid City but for all of his other films as a whole. It's got that Andersonian tone to it. Because you know of what his style is, what his style is going to be, whatever Wes Anderson is going to direct a movie, if you know what I'm saying. So anyway, that being said, I'm going to break down the film now. Um, actually, before I break down the film, y'all are probably wondering what did I think about this film. I thought the film was okay. I mean, I didn't think it was fantastic or anything. I mean. Sure, yeah. I mean, I mean, some of his earlier films are pretty good too. But even some of his films are do have their fair share of flaws. Uh, Asteroid City, um, it got good reviews. I mean, got a seventy-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so that's still pretty good. I mean, the website for uh, Rotten Tomatoes described the film as Asteroid City is unlikely to win Wes Anderson many new culverts. But those who respond to his signature style will find this a return to immaculately arranged form. So, so yeah, so it's still a de- still a good film, even though it's got its flaws. It probably won't win any new fans, but that being said, still a pretty decent film. It, it, is, it is a Wes Anderson movie, so you kind of know what you're expecting. So anyway, I'm going to break down the film. So spoiler alert. So, the film opens up in a retro-futuristic version of the 1950s. A TV host introduced a televised production of the in-universe fictional Asteroid City, a play by famed playwright Conrad Earp. In the play, a youth astronomy convention is held in the fictional desert town of Asteroid City. The play's events are depicted in, in widescreen and stylized color, while the television special is seen in black and white Academy Ratio. So and so anyway the opening is basically um, telling the audience of like what you are about to see. It's basically hello hello there. What you're about to see what you're about to see is this. Basically describe to the audience like what you're about to see is basically a televised production within this in the, within this film. Of course this is kind of what you're expecting. This is like what you're trying to see in a Wes Anderson movie. So the host is being played by Brian Cranston who uh, appeared in uh, in Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs, voiced one of the lead dogs. And, uh, of course, uh, Brian, Brian Cran- Cranston is TV host. He basically opens the film up by introducing the audience. Well, uh, well, not only the audience watching the, the production, but also the film as a whole. So, basically, he's basically, like, the narrator of this movie. Telling everybody, like, what you're about to see. When I saw this movie, Brian Cranston's character as the TV host. He looks like Walt Disney a little bit. He's got he's got that look right there. If you if you watched uh if you've seen Asteroid City. He looks like Walt Disney a little bit. Just a, just a little bit. And of course Conrad uh Erb. Conrad Earp is being played by um Edward Norton, who is another um Wes Anderson collaborator for uh for many Wes Anderson movies as well. So Conrad Earp is basically the famous playwright who wrote this play for, for who wrote this play, which is basically uh, Asteroid City, by the way. So anyway, we cut to later on to the opening credits, which is basically um, which is basically uh, Last Train to San Fernando, and of course uh, the opening credits they go by quick, and uh, this is like another another uh, Wes Anderson. 12. some of his movies that had they have a uh, very fast opening credits and the text is very very small so you can't really so you can't really tell like who's who like oh actually you actually won't well, it's not small but like but it's like well the font but the font size is like eh, the font size is basically at the top is basically uh showing like you're seeing like like who they are but like the, it, but it goes by very quick it goes by by very quick and that's that's a little nitpick that I have with this film, like, like, I don't really see, like, I, like, the credits are going by very fast, like, I mean, I see the names, i see seen the names of the actors, but the way how it goes, it goes by so fast, I couldn't even tell, like, who, who's who in this movie, like, who's who in this movie, who's, who's, um, like, who's doing the music, who's doing, like, the set, de- set designs, the makeup, the, the, and everything else. Although, of course, I do see Wes Anderson's uh, name as the writer, director, and producer, including uh, Roman Coppola as well. So, um, so I, I see that. But what about the rest? That's just a little nitpick. Like the credits go by, they go by very, they go by quick. Like, like you can't even tell like uh, what, like who is who. I think that's like a, a style that Wes Anderson used. He has he opens the film with the opening credits, but they go by very quick. Just so, um, just so it could get the plot moving, because Wes Anderson's got that little—I st- believe Wes Anderson has that fast-paced style. So he's going, like, he's going very quick. He's going very quick with the opening credits, and then the cor- and of course, the f- the rest of the film is pretty paced too. Like the rest of the film is pretty paced with with, with what he's got. So so anyway, um, we get to see the the town of Asteroid City, and for what do you expect. It is. It basically looks like an actual set. It it actually looks like an actual set, which in my opinion, it actually looks pretty good. It actually looks pretty good and very Andersonian. Actually, one of my favorite moments of like of of the town, like we only get to see like like we get to see the entire town. Like he uses his own camera styles, like as is very symmetrical. Like he has like the town fr- and <laughs> he has the entire town. Ta- he has like the the entire town in frame. Showing like different parts of the town, like like as the camera is panning back and forth to different areas of the town. And one of my favorite moments of the town is the is where the camera pans over to the bridge, and um, and then the bridge like it, there, there's like a sign that says the bridge is out, Definitely indefinitely, and that actually got me to chuckle a little bit because because the bridge is incomplete, like it's incomplete. But it's out indefinitely. And that got me to chuckle a little bit. <laughs> it's just so funny. Knowing the fact like hey there's a bridge. But it's out indefinitely. <laughs> okay that was like one of those moments. It, that was one of the few moments in this film. Where it got me to chuckle a little bit. So moving forward. Um, so basically. Uh, in Asteroid City. Which is basically the play that we see right now. We we see war photojournalist. Augie Steenbeck. Who, as I mentioned, is being played by Jason Schwartzman. He arrives early to the Junior Stargazer Convention with Woodrow, his intellectual teenage son, and his three young daughters. So, so, so basically, they're doing—they're off to a star to a Stargazer Convention, and uh, Woodrow Woodrow is being played by Jake Ryan in in this movie. So they're in town, and uh, Augie's uh, car broke down so uh he phones his father-in-law stanley who asking for asking for his help and stanley is being played by uh tom hanks this time around and um and one of my one of my another moment that i actually like in this in this in this scene where uh uh aggie and stanley they're basically talking to each other on the phone but there's a moment where um where the camera, like, where, like, the shots of their phone conversations, like, were not only split, but where there was a moment where it's, um, where it is literally pan edited as if they were facing each other, knowing that they were there. If you know what I'm talking about, if you look up, if you look up the phone conversation scene between, um, uh, Jason Schwartzman's character and Tom Hanks' character, the, the, the phone conversation between the two characters, like you'll probably know what I'm talking about. Like, like there is this one moment where, uh, the shot where there you have like the where the ti- the shot is edited in a panel edit like style, and it's like it's like and you see that they're facing and there's it's the moment where they're it's where the shots are facing each other as if both characters are there. That's a moment that I really really like, and it's very clever too. That's actually clever editing. To whoever edited this movie, that was that was pretty good editing style right there, for, between the the phone conversation of uh, Tom Hanks and Jason Schwartz, Schwartzman. So um, so Stanley during the, Stanley dislikes his son-in-law, and persuades him to tell the children about their mother's recent death, which Augie had concealed. Augie and and of course, um, knowing the fact that Stanley comes in later on to talk about a little bit more about uh, the mom, the death of the mom. So, so anyway, so anyway, later on, uh, Augie's car wasn't able to start because the mechanic somehow the mechanic wasn't able to get it fixed. The mechanic in this movie is the mechanic in this movie. He's being played by the mechanic in this movie. He's being played by Matt Dillon. Technically, he did not fix the car right. <laughs> So then, uh, Augie and his uh, kids, they they decided to stay in Asteroid City for a little while. Well, basically for the convention, basically until well, basically for the convention, but until the car is fixed. And then, of course, we get other uh, we get other people coming into Asteroid City. One of them being Midge Campbell, who's a, one of them being Midge Campbell, who's a famous but world weary actress, who's being played by Scarlett Johansson. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, Midge also has a daughter named De- Dina, who, who like Woodrow, will be on and at the convention. Other people started to come in like we get, uh, we get a, we get a uh, Western band we get a western band coming into town and um, of course we also get um, Liv Stripe. We also get uh, J.J. Kellogg, who, who is being played by Liv Schreiber, who's the father of Clifford a junior stargazer awardee. So basically you got other people going to this Stargazer convention which which JJ uh, Kellogg that Liv Schreiiver's character is based Liv Schreiber's character is going in coming into. We also have General Gibson being played by Jeffrey Wright, who's the host of the Junior Stargazer convention. We also got a, a doctor a, a, sci- a scientist named Dr. H- Hickenlooper being played by Tilda Swinton. Of course, as I mentioned, we also got a we also got a western band and one of the leads is named Montana, who's a singing cowboy interested interested in June and Montana is being played by Rupert Friend. For those of you who don't know what Rupert Friend is, Rupert Friend played the Grand Inquisitor in in uh, in the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series that came out in 2022. And of course, June June is basically A teacher who is interested in Montana. And her last name is Douglas. is being played by Maya Hawke. Who who has appeared in Stranger Things uh, Season 3 and 4. Who's also the daughter to um, Ethan Hawke and Emma Thurman. For those of you who don't know who uh, Maya Hawke is. And then of course we also got um, a motel manager. Who's being played by Steve Carell. Okay, so um, just to go off topic for a sec. Now just to go off topic a little more, um, um, Steve Steve Carell was not the first choice to play the motel manager. It was actually Bill Murray. Bill Murray was supposed to play the hotel manager. Although I thought, um I thought Bill Murray was gonna play I thought Bill Murray was gonna play um uh, Stanley, Augie's father in law, because um when I saw the trailer for the first time, uh for for Asteroid City, uh of where um Augie was talking to his talking to his father-in-law. His father-in-law looked. His father-in-law looks a. I thought his father. I thought um, Tom Hanks' character was so going to be Bill Murray's character. I thought Bill Murray was going to play the father-in-law. That was my first instinct because um, he looked. Because um, if you if you if you if you uh, if you watch the scene of Stanley and of Stanley and Augie, you can definitely see a little bit of that Bill Murray look-alike for Stanley to which Tom Hanks is playing. But, of course, uh, it turns out that Bill Murray, Bill Murray was supposed to play the motel manager. That was his supposed to be his character. But as I mentioned, Bill Murray was tested positive for COVID-19 before he could even shoot his scenes. So Wes Anderson had a had to put in, he had, he had a he had to find a replacement, so he got uh, Steve Carell to play the motel manager, and I thought Steve Carell did a pretty good job playing the character. So, um... so anyway, so and of course, of course, speaking of Bill Murray, and of course, uh, speaking of Bill Murray, uh, Bill Murray, he did make an appearance in a short film that is related to Asteroid City, and of course, and of course, it was a uh, in joke. Of course, it was. I guess you could say it was more of an in joke, but at the same time, but though at the same time, you know, Wes Anderson made that short film just so he can have uh, Bill Murray in this project because, as I mentioned, Bill Murray was tested positive for COVID-19. So basically, Wes Anderson, according to um, a according to an article article from New, from, the New, from the New Yorker by Michael Shulman, First of all, big shout out to Michael Shulman for writing this article. Um, he, uh, he mentioned that, um, he mentioned that, um, that the movie was, and I quote, he mentioned, and I quote, the movie was a jigsaw puzzle of actors schedules So we couldn't wait. And of course we were extreme, we were, and I quote, we were extremely lucky, le- lucky to, that we were extremely lucky that Steve Carell said yes and was perfect in the part. And I, and like I said, I thought Steve Carell did a pretty good job playing the, um, the motel manager. And then, so, so, so to go, to go to Bill Murray's part, and I quote from the article: Once Murray recovered, he went to Spain anyway. Uh, Spain, and of course, Spain, Spain was the filming location for Asteroid City. Um, the problem was that he had no part to play. I kept trying to think of something for him, but you can't really just add a new character into the movie. So, so what? What? And so basically, what also went down is Bill Murray hung around was able to hang around for a while. So he hung out on location giving pep talks. And of course, um, the Wes Anderson noted that he was a good he was good for moral. Anderson eventually devised a character. He actually devised a character named Jock Larkings, who is basically the head of the Larkings Corporation. A fictitious armaments and an uh, aeronautics uh, company in the film. Now, because Astro City has a framing device in which a trope of actors is performing a play that is inexplicably become in which is performing a play that that inexplicably becomes the movie we're watching. Murray actually had two characters. He was also Tab Whitney, the mid-century actor playing Larkins, and Anderson even had a Western-style costume made for him, but he never got a chance to put Larkins in the scene. Of course, there's also. This also puts in the this also puts in the fact that uh, that Murray that Bill Murray would play a character who was cut for the from the film, so that basically references uh, Bill Murray who did not appear within the movie, who did not appear in this movie. But I really like how um, Wes Anderson made this short film just so he can have Bill Murray in the film, just so he can have Bill Murray in it. That, and and have it connect to Asteroid City. So that was that was very nice of Wes Anderson. That was nice of Wes Anderson. What he was able to do for Bill Murray. By the way, um, this would have been Bill Murray's tenth collaboration with Wes Anderson because he collaborated in nine of Wes and in, in nine of what uh, in nine films. He colla- He was in nine of Wes, he was in like almost every Wes Anderson movie, nine films to just to say like what Asteroid City would have been Bill Murray's 10th collaboration with Wes Anderson. But of course, as I mentioned, since he wasn't able to be in the movie due due to COVID, um, Wes Anderson was very fortunate enough to have Bill Murray be in a short film that connects to um, Asteroid City. So that was very, very nice of Wes Anderson to have Bill, Bill Murray in, in this short film to connect to the actual movie, so that was very, very nice of him. Shout out to Michael Schulman from the New Yorker for writing the, sto- for writing the story. So that was that was very good of film. That was very good of Wes Anderson. Very very good. Uh, that was a very good, very very good move for Wes Anderson. very very, very good. Uh, so well well done, Wes Anderson. Well done. So anyway, going back to the movie so anyway going back to the movie um as you could probably mention as you may already realize that all the characters you get like different scenes of the characters talking to each other including the main leads that jason schwartzman and scarlett johansson are doing as well so basically everybody's in town just for the just for the convention i mean of course i mean everybody's coming from different places as i mentioned you got um June Douglas, a young teacher who is basically—I'm pretty sure she's a, a sister too—I think for a, what what appears to be a um, Catholic church, maybe or a Christian or a Christianity church school of some sort. I, I don't really know to be exact because uh, June Doug June Douglas stepped off the bus with her students. They were all saying a prayer, like, "Hey, it's lunchtime. Sit. Let us pray, folks." They were praying. They were, they were praying, and of course, as I mentioned, the cow. We get the uh, Western band, which is basically a cowboy band, and Montana leads leads, and then of course, we have Liv Schreiber's character, among many other uh, characters coming in as well. And of course, uh, and of course, the motel, the uh, to which of course the motel manager, that Steve Carell plays, provides everyone accommodations. So anyway, uh, Gibson, uh, Gibson is being played by. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, he welcomes everybody into the town of Astro City. And, and this basically takes place inside a crater. But So everybody comes together in this crater where the teenagers are are going are basically receiving their awards for various inventions. When suddenly a UFO appears above the crater, an alien emerges and steals a fragment of the meteorite that created the crater. And of course, um, the alien you'll you'll find out that the alien alien is being played by Jeff Goldblum. And you'll you only see Jeff Goldblum in uh in one scene. You see the alien at least a couple of times, but the alien doesn't really talk in the scene. Like like the alien comes down from, from his UFO, which is basically uh stop motion animation, by the way. And which is actually pretty pretty cool which is actually pretty nice of Wes Anderson to do because Wes Anderson has done uh Stop-motion animation for uh, Isle of Dogs and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So the alien, he's just basically, he comes down and just like, st- he comes down, sees everybody. He's like, I can imagine, I could just, I could just imagine the inner monologue from Jeff Goldblum. Like, oh, uh, hi, everybody. Um, Wow. Um, I know it might be a little scary, but hey, I, I just come in peace, you know. Just checking out the area. I'm noticing, like, a, a stargazer convention of some sort. Yeah, I I mean, congratulations. Hey, oh, that's a that's a pretty nice uh meteorite. I mean, uh, I hope you won't mind I take this. Thank you. Bye. I mean, I could just imagine the inner monologue from that uh, alien, if you know what I'm saying. It's just, like, there, there's no dialogue. All you hear is the music from Alexander Desplot and the music that is being played you hear um you hear a piano a metal xylophone and then of course the, the strings playing a very high octave e flat like it's a, it's basically that's what you're listening to like you're listening to you the, you're let, it, the music is telling the story in this very scene like when the alien comes down Takes the meteorite and goes back up, go, and go goes back up and leaves. I was like, here, uh, I'm gonna take this right now. Bye bye. So yeah, that's basically um, that's basically that's basically the scene. And everybody is like, what just happened? Like what just happened? I can imagine the host is saying, well, that was something. Of course, uh, before the alien leaves, Augie photographs the alien. The president and General Gibson order the town placed under military quarantine. So, yeah, I guess you could say that part of the. I guess you could say the pandemic did bring. The pandemic brought some inspiration for this film because obviously, everybody, obviously back in 2020, there was a lockdown and quarantine. So basically, there's some inspiration for this film. There's some inspiration for that time period being put into this movie you know what I'm saying so anyway during the whole quarantine situation a romance blossoms between Montana and June because you know hey because um, hey that's that's basically what's happening in the film who assured that the students that the alien is likely peaceful meanwhile the stargazer honorees use Dr. Hickenlooper's equipment Dr. Hickenlooper being played by Tilda Swinton. And the equipment is to basically, to att- is basically being used to attempt to contact the alien. it's kind hey, it's kind of hey, hey, like con- hey, that's like contacting ET. So using a guarded pay phone, Ricky calls his school newspaper to relay the quarantine details and cover up and cover up to the outside world. So of course, the asteroid city events become a national, come national news a furious general gibson is about to end the quarantine when the ufo reappears when the, when the ufo reappears and of course during that scene what really looks to be what looks to be a um, a town fair it looks like it looks like they put uh, the city of asteroid it looks like this town ta- the city of asteroid city uh, is is basically creating a town fair basically you know to celebrate the end of quarantine and then of course and uh, you know trying to bring the alien back just so they could get that you know that meteorite. And then, on top of the, and then on top of that, like, like it's basically kind of crazy too, because you know the fact that this is a Wes Anderson movie, so you get some Wes Anderson moments, like where uh, where our two lead actors, uh, Jason Schwartzman and Scarlett Johansson, are basically uh, in two different, what looks to be two different apartments, two different, par- two different apartment rooms, they're basically facing each other, talking about their life, and basically they're basically acting in deadpan humor and deadpan tone because in many Wes Anderson movies uh a lot of the actors will do like this uh deadpan uh, dialogue you know if you know if you know what i'm saying so so basically we and basically you got like deadpan acting from both of our leads of course some of the other actors as well and that's that's another style that um that's another style that Wes Anderson used and uses in a lot of his films as well like his style of deadpan yeah deadpan dialogue. I mean, which is not all bad, but I I but you can definitely get some of that humor out of it too. I like how both of the both of both of the actors, Scarlett Johansson and Jason Schwartzman, they basically talk about their, their life their life as a photojournalist and of course an actress as well. They basically they basically talk about each other a lot. So I, which is something I really really enjoyed which is something that I actually liked in this film. So that's still pretty good. So, later on, going back to the the alien for, for the end of quarantine, um, the UFO appears... The 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 UFO comes back, reappears that the alien returns the meteorite fragment. I'm pretty sure... Um, I'm pretty sure uh, another... Inter, I'm pretty sure... I am pretty sure another i am pretty can not imagine the inner monologue for, for when the alien returns the, the meteorite. In, like, Jeff Goldblum fashion. Oh, hi. Hi, guys. Um... Uh, Here's a meteorite that I took. I mean, I was studying over it, but here you go. But here you go. Just want to give it back to you. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> so then everybody freaks out after the alien comes back. It's just like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy, man. Like, it's just crazy because uh, General Gibson reinstates the quarantine. and The children, all the children, Everybody, where the children, the scientists, parents, everybody in that crater revolts. And they're using the honorees' inventions to overpower the military. And then, of course, we get a crazy, we get also get a moment where um, Augie and Dina started, kids started to, like, you know, make out. Because, obviously, there's a relationship between those two kids in this movie. During this whole uh, riot in the crater. So this is basically a crater, right? in this moment, right now, during that scene, after the alien comes back, and General Gibson puts in another quarant, puts in another quarantine. Wow, and wow, and this is and that's uh, and that's basically it. that's basically it, and that's basically it. That's basically the um the asteroid city portion. Now let's go into the play portion of it all. So the play's creation is inter, inter. basically, it cuts between the play and, of course, the movie itself. Sometime after Conrad Earp started writing, he meets with actor Jones Hall, who performs an audition in Earp's home, and is immediately cast. By the way, uh, Conrad Earp is is being played by Edward Norton in, in, in this movie. So during the same interaction, Earp and Hall kiss, establishing their relations as lovers. So I guess there is a, huh. Oh, so I guess there is a, so there is a love relationship between Earp and Hall. So Earp writes the play with help from a local acting school and recruits both of the cast members, both of her cast most of the cast members from it. of course, this was also introduced in the opening of the film, so basically uh, so basically there's your sense of foreshadowing to it. This also includes, also includes Mercedes Ford and temperamental yet talented actress who plays Bidge. Also to mention um, also to mention, even though um Augie and Mitch were basically they're basically started they basically started a relationship, there was another moment that was foreshadowed in the beginning of the movie where um um Aggie's uh I, I, where Augie's son pulls out a picture of uh, pulls out a picture Augie of Augie pulls out a picture of his mom that Mark that, that is being played by Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie plays um uh, Augie's um wife plays A- A- Augie's wife and uh, we don't see Margot Robbie until the end of the movie until the end of the movie uh, so and we see that at the end we see that at the end of the movie and this is all black and white by the way uh during the you know during the behind the scenes moments where it's all black and white while the actual event while the actual event that was taking place was on color so this is basically black and white and in color. The, the, basically the entire film of Asteroid City. So during the, recorder, the recorded performance of the play, Hall, who plays Augie, confronts the play's director, Schubert Green, and asks if he, if he is doing him right. Green tells Hall to keep playing Augie the same way despite being uncertain and that he is doing him right. After the interaction, while taking a smoke break on a balcony, Hall, Hall runs into the actress, who was cast to play Augie's wife, before her only scene was cut, and Augie's wife is Margot Robbie, and that's towards the end of the movie, and that's basically towards the end of the movie. And the conversation between the two between the two leads between the two actors, they, they did a pretty good job. They did a pretty good job exchanging exchanging one exchanging one another's conversations. So that was that was pretty good. So that was pretty good. So and then later on, and then I'll, I'll, later on, of course uh, she. Augie's wife recites the deleted scenes text to him. So, we're, so basically, uh is list is hearing all the lines from. Augie is listening to all the lines that were not going to be in the film, that were that were going to be cut for the film. And, I mean, and of course, the same with Augie's wife. Of course, same with Augie's wife as well. So he's listening to all that, knowing the fact that this is not going to be in the film. So yeah. So then, six months into the play's run, Conrad Erb dies in an automobile accident. In the play's uh, epilogue, Augie and his family are the last to leave Asteroid City after General Gibson li- lifts the quarantine. Augie's daughters bur- bury their mother's ashes in the desert. Woodrow wins the fellowship funding, and Midge leaves Augie for mailing address. And then Augie and his family quietly drives away. And that's the end. And basically, that's the end of the movie from the Astro City. From the asteroid city portion, the end of the movie, we get this interesting quote. We get this interesting quote. Co- quote from uh, not just from uh, the host that Brian Cranston plays, but also Willem Dafoe. But also Willem Dafoe, Willem Willem Dafoe as well. Willem Dafoe as Salzburg Keitel, who is a revered acting teacher, and and so basically, um, basically Salt, Salzburg Keitel basically was also basically being the acting teacher. He was able to help. To help uh, give the actor, was able to help bring in actors and train the actors for this role, to which uh, Will Defoe plays, which he did a pretty good job at. Will Defoe and Brian Cranston, including everybody else in this uh, scene, where where they're basically they're all come they all come together for what appears to be a talk appears to be a talk show. They all say this line: "You can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. You can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. You can't wake up if you don't fall asleep." That, that is the quote that is the movie's uh, quote and there's so many layers to that quote like there's so many layers to that quote and you're asking yourself what does that what does that mean what does it mean you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep like that is that is a quote that you hear in the film's climax and some people actually said like said that, that this quote really brought the themes of the film to a climax. It made you understand the meaning of why they were all stuck in the town. That could be also meaning reference, like why are you stuck in this town? Not just for the Stargazer convention, it could mean it could also mean for something else. It could also mean to care to get... it could also mean to, you know, you know, um, you know, it could also mean that that everybody's coming face to face with their own feelings. I mean, you can't wake up. You don't fall asleep. Will probably mean, and it, it, it could also it could mean that you can't find yourself unless you're stuck in a place where nothing in your life seems to be moving forward. So that could that could all that could mean something. You can't wake up. You don't fall asleep. Could mean that you can't find yourself. You can't find yourself unless you're stuck in this place where nothing in your life seems to be moving forward. And I think that is a um, very good quote and a very good takeaway for this movie. I mean, I mean the quote itself is played in a song that was written for the that was written for the written for the movie, and that was played at the end at the at the end of the movie during the uh, during the whole credit sequence. Like it's 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 a very good it's actually a very good song. I mean, it's it's literally literally a good song. It's literally a good song, and it's basically oh man, how do I say it? It's like like the lyrics of this song can't wake up if you don't fall asleep i mean it is it sounds like a, a lullaby a little bit don't you really think it don't you think it sounds like a lullaby the the song you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep that is being sung in this movie doesn't that feel sound like a little lullaby to you it really does It's not, and it's like it's, and it's sung very well, very deep as well. And the song "You Can't Wake Up If You Don't Fall Asleep" was sung by Jarvis Cocker, and he really delivered a very good song. He wrote, like, he he really wrote the he he really brought his uh he really brought something deep for this or for for this song can't wake up if you don't fall asleep like that is really something like the lyrics like the ly- like the the quote and of course the lyrics you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep really meant something for this film like it really did it really meant something i think and i believe that is a good uh, takeaway for this film as well like like once you've seen it like if, you, if you've seen the film you probably you'll probably you'll probably understand so, and that's basically it. That is the film Asteroid City. And I will say this. I really enjoyed the film. I didn't think, I mean, it's not his best film, in my personal opinion. I mean, I think his best film, in terms of live-action movies, like, like in terms of live-action movies, I believe his best film is um, The Grand Budapest Hotel. For animation, for animated movies, Fantastic Mr. Fox. But in my personal opinion, Fantastic Mr. Fox is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. But I feel but it is good to talk about another Wes Anderson movie, like Asteroid City. I, I thought this film I thought the film as I thought the the film was was good as it is. I mean, it is a film it it, it when you, when you go see when you see a film like Asteroid City that's being directed by Wes Anderson, especially coming from from his other films as well. You kind of expect what you kind of know what you're expecting for this movie. For this movie, like a uh, t- another uh, typical Wes Anderson movie that is that is enjoyable, even though it may not be his best work, it is obviously an enjoyable film. It is something. It is a good film, and I really and I really like the uh, I really like the cat. All the cast members in this film, like they did a very good job. Basically very meta too, where you kind of re- where you realize that oh, it's an actual play within a play. Actual play within a film, or an actual play within a play. Like you're seeing a live or actual play within a live, within a within a live broadcast within within a broadcast within a broadcasting station. You're seeing an actual play live from from your from your live from your screen. Like it's very meta. It's very meta, and I and I appreciate what Wes what what Wes Anderson did. I like the music. I like that little. I like that music. The new music that Alexander Desplat did. Like. The theme for this is basically the the main theme for this. It's like it's got that good feeling too, and I like how it's very short. But I really liked what like what, what Alexander Desplat did. By the way, this is his sixth collaboration with Wes Anderson. By the way, just to let you all just to let you all know. Of course, I mean the set designs are pretty cool too. I like, I mean. Obviously, I mean the uh, the film speaks for itself on the sets. <laughs> and then of course, um, and, and then of the course, I mean obviously the the plot. I guess you could say the plot may sound a little cliche, but that's just my personal opinion. But uh, and then of course my little nitpick with the opening credits. But um, but other than that, I mean, Asteroid City is a pretty good film. It's a solid film, a good film. Not 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 Wes Anderson's best work, but good film to watch. It is a good film to watch. Not, it, it is a good film to watch and to enjoy and to enjoy as well. So, anyway, that's my take on uh, that's my take on on Asteroid City. But uh, what did you guys th- what did you guys think of Asteroid City? Did you uh, did you like this movie? Did you not like this movie? Did you think this film was better than any of his other films? I mean, I would like to know. I'd like to know your thoughts on on Asteroid City. So anyway, that's that that'll wrap for this episode. So thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, aka Kona Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.